We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. You ready to roll? Yeah, I guess we got to do this. Um <laughs> It's just like I kind of want them just to – I want it to be July 10th so I know what to anticipate next year. And, you know, it's just kind of – Just fucking tell me if the Warriors are going to be trash next year, you know, because we'll know. Or or the last – maybe the next – like, I, no, you know, it's not even that. It's like – by the way, we should probably record because uh, – because these are good thoughts that's coming. Oh, but like, I'm, I'm always dro- I'm always uh, recording. But it's like, it, 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 like you know, if KD resigns, then it's like, well, they can lose next year. It's all good. It doesn't really matter. But it's like if KD doesn't resign, then it's like, well, they might be, you know, a seven seed next year, and then who knows after that? Like that's so the, that's the dark part, dude. It's the clay injury on top of it, because yeah, but he'll be fine. No, he will. But like, I'm I'm talking about just purely for next year. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Where it's just kind of like, <clears throat> you know, before. Um, when we weren't sure if Katie's and we're still not sure if Katie's returning, but you know, in, in my head, I was like, well, if they just run it back with the main core, maybe use the mid level on Rudy gay, try to get a little Robin Lopez and try to strengthen mm-hmm. numbers it. Yeah. That would be cool. And you know, we can kind of see where it is and then we'll get like an appropriate kind of gauge for where they are. Um, you know, after they do that. Um, and you know, instead now it's just kind of a lost year. 
And that truly sucks. Yeah, you see the stuff about people that are saying, like, when, when I say people, there are fans that are, like, really excited that are like, hey, you know, Steph gets his own team again. Steph is going to do this again. It's like, honestly, man, that was cool, you know, the first couple years when he was an MVP. But it's like, now that the dude is, like, 31 and he's pretty much gotten every single accomplishment that you could ever have in basketball, like, it's really just, let's just to have this team try yeah, to win as it's many a, championships as possible. That's all that matters. It's like fans want championships, not clout. I'm not I, I don't I don't need to see Steph averaged thirty three points a game from the he minute done it KD, before. from the minute KD got hurt. And by the way, I just want to put this take on the record. He was the best player in the finals. And it wasn't close. He was better than Kawhi. He was. I'm so happy. He, he Kawhi outplayed him in two games. He outplayed Kawhi in about three games and I'd call one game they were both pretty mediocre. They were both bad in game six. You know, you, yeah. like what, what did Kawhi yeah. do in game six? Yeah. yeah. Kawhi didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter until he hit those um, technical foul free throws. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Fred Van Vliet saved them um, in game six. They, yeah, no, I'm the with Warriors, you. I, I will say this. The Warriors losing to a team strengthened numbersing them. I can't be too mad about that. That's just like, that's curs. It feels like a full circle, right? <laughs> well, you know, the thing about being mad about it is that now we were talking about this yesterday. It's, uh, nobody's actually mad about this loss. Let's start there. Cause this is a series that welcome to light years podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> we'll start there. You're right. I mean, <laughs> I guess I've had a few days to process this, but like my emotions when they, so I went to the game at Oracle and when I saw clay got hurt, the the only, I I didn't even care if they were going to win anymore. It was like after watching Katie go down and then clay the next game, I'm like, dude, I just don't want anyone else to get injured. Yep. Yep. So, yep, I tweeted that out where it was like, hey, it's tough to lose the finals, but man, the toughest part or the worst part here is, dude, Katie's not going to play next year and Clay's pretty much out for the season next year. I don't care if they come back healthy or not. Well, I do care, but it's like they're out for a whole season, man. Like, that is way more important than losing a final series. And this is where I thought the human. And this is where I thought. And this is where I thought the trolling of the injuries was super toxic. Dude, it's funny. If Clay sprains his ankle and is out one like three weeks and has to miss the finals, and there's no real damage done, and it's just kind of like ironic from the you know Steph sense, right? The dude who was trolling, I, I don't want to get you know the same old brawn <laughs> accounts, you know, you know the types, but it's like the dude sat a game, played hurt, and tore up his knee. KD tried everything he could to come back and rupture his Achilles. These are serious injuries. I'm not saying they can't recover, but like they're giving away a full season to recover. And it just, it seems super tasteless to troll that as opposed to, you know, when a guy has a, when Chris Paul pulled a hammy, First off, I didn't troll it. I was just like, that sucks. I didn't know. I don't want to beat a team that way. Nobody, nobody, yeah, nobody's trolling about that. Yeah. But in the, you know, 
pulling a hammy is like a, a three week injury, right? Something like that. Right. Right. It's like it's 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 not a big deal. You know he's back opening day. You know it's not that big a deal. We're we're talking about dudes who aren't going to play next year. Yeah, and we're talking about like these guys now. End of the day, it's not going to affect them. They're both going to get maxed out, but they're unrestricted free agents and their careers are on the line here. It's not like they're dying. This is not that serious, but it's like this is their life, real life career. These guys are like thirty years old. They've lost the championship window is shut for next season. Right, it's shut. Like that's a real thing. Like that. That I think was so much more depressing. I, a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans that I've talked to have basically have come up to me, and th- the first thing they say is not, "Man, tough loss against the Raptors. Raptors played really well." It's shit, dude. Like, how's KD? You know, how's Clay gonna look next season? How's KD gonna be? You know, like that's the first thing that comes out of people's mouths. So, like, that's the toughest part. I think, like. The loss is, is fine. It's whatever. They were just outplayed. But you can't get over the uh, – you can't get over just the full season taken away from these guys. When have we ever seen someone like Kevin Durant you know, lose someone a, a season, right? When have we ever seen like a Clay Thompson taken out like this in back-to-back games? You just don't see it. It's never happened. And it's just like I, I the, the sentiment I get from Warriors fans is I don't think I've ever seen the fan base more proud of their team. Than they were this week because it's it's corny, but everyone's just like they went out like warriors. But it's I mean that's really what it is. Like Katie obviously came back too soon. He you know he wanted to play and it cost him. Um, Clay pushed his body to the point that it gave out, um, and everyone else on the court like I mean from Steph and Draymond to Looney. We haven't even mentioned Looney yet. Looney's Looney playing through a fractured cartilage. I don't even think it's a. I don't understand what the injury is, but that's a different discussion. But like playing through that and just like the toughness that that shows, and just kind of. I mean, you had guys like Quinn Cook and McKinney doing everything they could, but like by the time you get down to them, it's just like we can't have you know we can't expect Quinn Cook to be hanging on NBA Finals level at this level. We can't be expecting that from. Those type of guys. Yeah, I felt bad when I was frustrated at Quinn Cook. Uh, a lot of that series, and Alfonso McKinney, they were they were wholly uh, miscasted. Um, but I, I'm with you on the they left everything out there on the floor. I, I don't think they could have played any better within you know the vacuum of how they were playing. I mean, I mean Toronto they, was able to use a box no of one because of the personnel they put out there. I, there's. Don't ever tell me Steph has so much help that like, I mean, it's just kind of the only reason they could use a box in one is because the Warriors were down to four goons and Steph. And I yeah. love me some Iguodala. I love me some Draymond. They're phenomenal players for what they are. But if they're not surrounded by a certain amount of scoring, it gets ugly fast. Well, they got turned into one-way players. Like for, for yeah. a team, for a Warriors team that's been pro- – been you know the best two-way team in basketball for the last five years they got turned into a one-way team on defense that also couldn't stop anybody so let's be clear about that and then Steph was taken away uh a lot of the series well, now, because you could throw three guys at him and like, I what, also what are you think, supposed to do and I also think people have a hard time like deciphering players skill sets if they're not just catch and shoot players playmakers or like rim runners like I feel like general basketball people at least on the timeline are 
far less uh, sophisticated intellectually than they think they are. Like Iguodala is a great player, but like he's not a guy who's going to really create his own shot. The same goes for Draymond, and but but people assume because they can pass that means they can create their own shot. It's like they they don't view them in the same lens that they view like a Clint Capella as someone who like if you don't put that guy in the context of some great playmakers, the skill set you know in Capella's case rim running in those guys' cases they're passing cutting is very irrelevant on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, I also, you know, here's the other thing, too. I also felt like um, Steve Kerr, he didn't have a bad series as a coach, but I don't think he he did the best that he could. And really, the only thing that he could do left at the end was just give Steph the ball as much as he can and just let him execute. And I just, I felt like it was just way too much off ball. And that's really the kind of stuff that's been going on for the last five years. So, and so it can, works. I, can I, can I counter that point? Well, hold up. It, it works when, you know, you've got Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and, and, you know, and then you've got Draymond Iguodala, but this shit don't work when you've got, you know, Quinn cook and Jonas Terebko. And then you still got Steph running to, you know, running through screens and, He's exhausted because he's playing 45 minutes. I, I just think there's a matter of if you're going to go down, go down with your best player. Stop going down by just kind of praying and hoping that the other team makes a, a mistake on defense. It, I don't think it would have mattered at the end, but it would just been a nicer way to go down for me. So I kind of I'm going to defend Kerr here. You know this this season's been so messed up that you and I are taking opposite sides now, <laughs> and this isn't this isn't pre planned. This is just kind of how I feel. Um, they were basically running the 2001 76ers like Allen Iverson offense. Oh boy! And Iverson played off ball and it worked. And he was he was a volume guy, which is essentially what Steph turned into at the end. But I don't think putting the ball in Steph's hand and leg him ISO works when the four guys on the floor next to him are not guarded. So I do think running him off those screens while it's incredibly tiresome and it it didn't feel like it was getting him any space, I'm just thinking about it from the standpoint of, okay, no one's guarding Iguodala. No one's guarding Livingston. No one's guarding McKinney. No one's guarding Draymond. No one's guarding Looney. Um, if you try to do like the Rockets thing, where you you know right. just kind of spread it, they're just gonna they're just gonna cheat off of them and triple team him. Only now he's not coming off of any movement, so I don't think it really makes a difference. Um, and that's just down to the personnel. I get more annoyed when they don't put Steph on ball on ball on ball screens when they have the ability to space around him. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I was just. Draymond had almost 10 turnovers. We don't have to talk about game six all game, but it it was just my thing is if you're going to lose, and I think they were going to lose regardless of if Steph was on ball or off ball, lose with Steph. And and maybe they did. Maybe he had that open shot at the end, but it just never felt like he was in rhythm anyway. Um, He just didn't have the ball enough. So that's my spiel. I I don't want to complain about Kerr too much. I mean, we should probably move on. I think, I think the one thing we agree with and every other Warrior fan agrees with is like end of the day, it got down to Steph playing with four players who could not score 10 points. Mm -hmm. They can't, you know, like, I mean, and so, um, and, and they're players I like and they're players they really like, but like, you have to have a little better floor balance than that. Um, so we'll get Wasserman, Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report on later to talk about draft prospects. But like, 
my big thing going into next year is going to be like, can we get a little more shooting? Because it is really funny. People think the Warriors shoot a lot of threes. It's like, no, Steph and Clay shoot threes. Yeah. No yeah. one else shoots threes on this team. Not even KD. Yeah. KD, KD, shoots, KD should shoot probably three to four more. more than he – he shoots like five yep. a game and he probably should take like seven. Yeah, he wants but to – like, at this point, like I'm, I mean, I'm not really going to complain about Katie's shot selection in general. <laughs> yeah, let's okay. So let's do this. Let's do let's do what should they do next season? Because I I don't know how often we're recording in the off season. I, I I'd well, rather well, not before, record every. Week. I guess I guess before we get to that, um, yeah, because you and I are both traveling at various times over the summer, so it'll be a little sporadic. Yeah. Also, Tell KJ we're not recording every week. KJ, KJ knows the deal. So, by the way, boss, um, boss man. By the way, should we promote Blue, Blue Eye real quick? I think we gotta do a little blue art promotion. Um, <laughs> no, we'll we'll get to it later. Uh, but shout out the real sports Snapchat guys for getting first in the iTunes. That store is pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. You know, maybe if more of you guys kept downloading our podcast, we could do that. But. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you guys actually went and got out the damn house instead of listening to us and headed to the Apple Store and clicked subscribe on thirty phones, you know, help us out a little bit. So, nah, I want to, I want to, um, I want to get back to the season. And then we'll go into next year real quick. Right. Um, the, the main takeaway I have is like, I, I didn't know how this run would end. And I'm not convinced the run is over, but they're definitely like, if they rise again after Clay recovers, after Katie recovers, whatever the team looks like, it's going to be kind of a, it's going to be a second, it's going to be a second run. You know what I mean? Um, and the way they went out, I thought was far more admirable than oh, yeah. the way the heat went out, the way a lot of most dynasties go out and it still hurts. It still kind of sucks, but it's like they, I mean, they literally gave their bodies. Yep. I, I don't yep. know what else to say. Like if anyone questions this Warriors team, I wouldn't even argue with them. Uh, because they're not worth my time. Like this team has shown <laughs> how that. how tough they are. How like they they play pure basketball. They played the right way. They played their hearts out. This this is every player. Yep. Like y- even down to our boy Jacob Evans, who's going to be the starting shooting guard next year. Um, <laughs> it's just I, I I don't know what else to say. Like I, I I'm just kind of proud of the team. You there is nobody out there that can make fun of the Warriors in good faith. I think is the best way to put it. Do you can't troll these this Warriors team? You can't belittle them. You can't condescend because they've done more this postseason than anybody ever could, or they've tried harder and worked harder than anybody ever could. And so, if you're making fun of this team for losing, yeah, that just looks bad on you. And like you could you could do that in, in 2016, and and it'd be kind of funny. You know, I, I can see it. The Warriors lost a three one lead. They were arrogant. But this team, where they came out here and they fought through injuries pretty much on every do, single the player. Last, the, do, do you, what did I say to you yesterday on the show? That game six against Houston was May 10th. That was five weeks ago. It feels like a year ago. Yep. It feels yep. like they've been through so much since then. Like It's hard for me to even drum up like how special that game was, how special the run was, because it feels so long ago in context of the injuries we just saw. Yep. And it's like, and if you even want to spin it one step forward, it's like nobody's even, nobody is even talking about, hey, if the Warriors had Clay, they would have won. Or if the Warriors had Clay, KD, they would have won. Like, no Warriors fans even care about that. It's more, which I think is great between you and I, right? We think it's great. 
I think it's, hey, you respect and cherish like what's happened this postseason because you'll never see something like this again. Like just the way this team has fought through it and then the way that they failed, you'll never – I don't think you can ever see anything like this again. And they'll come out of that looking amazing because what more could you have expected from this team? Like did anybody out there – you know, really expect them to win this series after what happened, after injuries that happened. Like, you can't. You can't. And so that that's pretty cool that uh, they come out here and they've pretty much gotten everyone's respect all the way from the players to the fans to just anyone that said, quote-unquote, ruin the league or, you know, they made basketball boring or this and that. It's, it's man, they have, they've showed the heart to go with the talent, which is uh, – which is pretty cool. All I'm going to say is Anthony Davis quit on his team and spent the last six months trying to force a move while he's under contract. Meanwhile, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant literally gave their bodies trying to fight for the game. So I don't want to hear anything about anything because it's like one, one of those two represents everything that I love about sports and the other one's kind of everything I dislike. Yep. Yep. When the Warriors get hurt, they come out and they, they're actually not able to play the next season. They don't come out with a fake injury and a fake cast and try to make it act like there's something that isn't. So, um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> fake cast on the podium. How about some real ligament injuries, bro? Yeah. Yeah. These guys, they tore an Achilles and ACL, dislocated finger, a torn quad. They they had every injury possible, and did you? The Warriors literally never talked about it. It's, it's they, about, they, knock, they never say a word. Yeah, I mean, we forgot that Steph has a dislocated finger and a messed up knee right now. But you know, it's it's about hoops. It's not about Hollywood. <laughs> All right, we gotta uh, move. That we gotta, good. That we gotta move good. this forward. Um, we got we. I think I should just let the questions take over. What do you think? Oh shit! I forgot we got questions. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. I guess let's this this one kind of sucks, but um, well, it doesn't suck. It, it's throw him under the bus from from Zach Baum, who's actually one of my favorite people. Yeah, um, that's true. Which do you think has a bigger impact on KD stay, potentially staying? The team rallying behind his injury, making him a hero, or AD doing uh, the Lakers reducing the talent pool for long term success in potentially new location? It's a great um, question. Yeah, the reason I thought so is like I just I, I I hate like it kind of feels like blood money when you're like oh him getting hurt means he's more likely to stay like <laughs> but it but it is what it is right no yeah, yeah I'm with you you want to take that one because uh, I got thoughts um you go first I gotta think about my thoughts yeah I I gotta think about my thoughts I like that um I, yeah as as so Kevin Durant as someone that cares about what people think I love prefacing all Kevin Durant questions with this. Um, he, I think at this point in his career is now beloved by everyone, uh, which is all he ever wanted. Uh, I think people think of him as a, as a super tough player and the best player in the world. So I do think that, yes, um, it does have a larger impact on KD staying. I think that the Warriors losing, just like the Warriors losing in 2016, uh, allows KD to come and, and kind of be that savior again, you know, if not next year, the next, the year from that. Um, and then I think that, him even looking two years away, um, going up against LeBron and having Steph Curry and Clay, we don't know about Draymond, but going up against LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think that's kind of worth uh, uh, thinking about and a rivalry that would be pretty cool, even if it's two years away, away from now. If he is on the New York Knicks, who do not have Zion and do not have Kyrie, 
uh, I think that is he he enters like a Carmelo Anthony route, and Kevin Durant is too good to be that type of guy that just in a big market just to be in a big market. So uh, I think there's a higher chance. Yeah, um, I actually don't think the injury has that huge of an impact because, like you said, he's he's bulletproof, and he should have always been bulletproof. Um, in terms I know, but of, that you know that's not the case, right? But I mean, if he leaves, no Warrior fan, every Warrior fan's still gonna essentially adore him for just even trying to tough it out and on top of everything he's done for the team. Um, but I do think the AD to LA thing is probably the bigger thing because really, um, it changes the calculus. Like if he did want to explore another team, I don't think the interest level was going to New York to be Carmelo next to a bunch of like, you know, just random dudes. Like you right, just, right, I mean, right. It, it was to kind of create a team that could compete. And so he could win more titles. And yeah, AD was one of those players that, you know, maybe could go with him. Like it could have been him and AD in New York. Got it. Got it. And okay. so that changes the calculus. Now I, I don't think who knows. I, I, it's going to be if he did want to still go to New York, it's going to be a lot harder to recruit guys saying like, hey, you just carry the load for one year and then, you know, I'll be back. So I think it changes the calculus in that way. Um, it might not matter. He might go either way, but it does make it a little less. It makes it a little more difficult to walk away from the Warriors and create a winning situation, I guess is what I'm saying. Yep. Yep. And from all accounts, we think and we know or we think that Kevin Durant is putting more of an emphasis on winning than anything else right now. I don't think he's pulling a mellow. We know that Melo didn't care about winning that much. It was always about the money. So I think with Kevin Durant, I think he I mean, still the, wants the, to win championships. I hate comparing him to Melo because Melo never played defense. Can I don't you? know why I did that. But, but yeah, I mean, I they always they always kind of get a comparison because they're they're just two of the most gifted scorers I've seen, right? And like Melo kind of left you disappointed because you knew he was always capable of more than being more than just a scorer. Um, and KD did, you know, he is an all around player. Um, on top of the scoring, it's just like the scoring so unique and gifted like it's in some ways it reminds me of Steph with the shooting where it's like everyone it gets so enamored with the shooting they don't realize like the other stuff he can do um so it's the same kind of thing with with KD where it's like he's such a amazing like score the type you have never seen that like you don't realize like yeah the dude can guard pretty much every position yes he's a excellent passer and a smart player and all that sort of stuff yeah, I mean, I, I, the more I think about it, I, I just don't know where uh, I don't know where KD can go, um, and you know, he can go anywhere. But I don't know where he can go. I guess I, the thing is that you, you don't know where he can go. That like it's an obvious on paper. Like, okay, I get that. Yeah, where it's a good situation is what I was going to finish with. So yes, in so many words, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it, and. You know, if this Achilles injury allows the Warriors to re-sign Kevin Durant, that sucks. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see what happens a year from now because I think you kind of talked me into it and into agreeing with you. Yeah, I don't think Kevin Durant's playing next season if he's on the Warriors. I don't, I don't think we're seeing him, even if he's healthy by the postseason. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way yeah. he's – because, like, even if he is healthy, he'll be – like, he can come back and – 
April, May on a minutes restriction. And like, no one's doing that in the play. I, I think, yeah, right. Cause he should be able to play. Like, I don't think like, well, who knows? Who knows? But like Boogie came back in what, 10 months and Boogie had a much more grueling rehab than Kevin Durant's going to be just cause Boogie's bigger. Um, and he's, and he's a big but man. Boogie so. didn't play over like 25 minutes for about three months. The, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't just, you like, can't throw him in the postseason, Right. So, and so. Boogie was playing like against, you know, Orlando against uh, Sack, like that that type of stuff. Yeah, the injury fucking sucks, man. Um, all right, so we got one. I got to take one from Karma Police, who like tweeted us like four times, but also doesn't follow us. So I'm not sure what's going on here. Um, or at least doesn't follow me. Doesn't follow me either. <laughs> uh, too many EDM tweets. Uh, okay, so this he says, do you agree this Warrior season should be akin to the 98 Spurs? Sitting David Robinson to help the draft position, aka tanking for Tim Duncan, uh, would it be asinine to put a heavy burden on Steph after five straight finals? Um, so that's interesting. Um, let, let's talk about this because we've been a lot of people are bringing this up too. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's the most light years move ever. Rest everyone for a year. Get apparently the twenty twenty draft is much more stock, um, stacked at the top. Um, at least that's what what I've heard. Like. Um, is that LaMelo kid going to be there? I mean, he's in the conversation, but I don't even think he's in the top. Um, there's, there's a kid at Memphis, uh, James Weissman, who's got like KG, KD type comp stuff going on. Oh so, boy. Anyway, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Anthony Davis light is what I'm looking at. Oh boy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, hey, LaMelo's top three. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a more, it, well, this, I feel like this is how it goes with the draft. Um, the draft that's one year away is always better because it's like a mystery box. Like everyone's seen them at 16 or 17 years old and they're like, they're going to be so good. But then everyone sees them that one year in college. And like, I mean, we saw RJ Barrett this year, right? And he was supposed to be the next coming. And then you see him in college, you're like, okay, he could be good, but he's not like a a lock, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, now I forgot the question. Oh, t- light years tank. Um, they can't tank going into Chase Center. That's what it comes down to. I do think there's something to the, you know, if Steph gets some nagging injuries, we might see a lot of, uh, you know, we might see it extended for the pick, but it's going to be one of those things that only happens if the season goes awry. It, I don't think they're going to open the season with the intention of tanking because if Steph and Draymond are healthy for most of the year, they're not they're not going to be able to tank. So that that's that's the point. Um, I think people are kind of forgetting there is if Steph and Draymond are healthy, you do know that not every team in the league are the Toronto Raptors, and nobody in the league is going to throw a box and one in the regular season out there. Um, or have these sophisticated defenses, right? So I do think that having Steph, having Draymond should be enough to get them to the postseason. And they should be able to find some players. So you did a pretty good breakdown, Sam, so I'm probably going to have you do it again, sorry. But a breakdown on the, the salary cap that the Warriors have, they should be able to sign maybe one guy if if KD resigns, and maybe even more money if KD doesn't resign. So... Um, they should be able to find some players to fill in the gaps. Yeah, they're gonna um, have a. They're either gonna have the tax pyramid level or the um, the just uh, over the cap mid level, and you know one's like five point seven million, one's nine million. 
Um, so it's going to be interesting what they do with it. Um, I do think, though, they have to consider trading a Godala. Um, and my reason is Andre is 35, going to be 36, and his contract is up. And, you know, they resign Clay, they'll be over the cap irregardless. So you're better off moving him in this transition year to get anything of value. Um, be it like a decent vet and a pick, or you're you're not going to get anything that resembles peak Andre, but what you're going to get is better than what you're going to sign when he leaves. Do you think they're going to trade Andre Godala? I understand you think they maybe should, but you think they are? I think that's possible. I don't think they're trading Draymond um, unless something falls apart, but I think they might look at Andre and say, man, he has one year left. We can match his salary with something and get something interesting to kind of, you know, make more sense going forward with Clay and, you know, if KD comes back than just letting him expire and then not even having the cap space to replace him. No, I think it's logical that they maybe should trade him. Um, I don't think they will. I, I just I don't see it. Um, it's going to have to happen for, for me to see it. But trading Andre Godala. The finals MVP for you. Um, I, I, it's that's hard to see, man. Um, I will say this: it, trading Andre would most likely mean he ends up on another contender because those, are, like, like they'll trade him to the Bucks or whatever. Le, like. Le, yeah, like the Orlando Magic don't really have much use for him. You know, like the Charlotte Hornets don't have use for him. But a team like Milwaukee, like you mentioned, they might see him as a piece that could help him get over the top, or a team like. Um, Man, it'd be weird if he ended up back in Philly. <laughs> but wow. you, you, you get what I'm saying. Like maybe like a Denver. Oh, it'd be weird if he ended up back in Denver too. But like one of those, <laughs> one of those, te- <laughs> one of those teams that's um, sees him as a you know like I, everyone knows he can help you win. So one of those teams that's kind of on the cusp who thinks he'll push him over, maybe a Portland or something like that, right? That is willing to give up something. Um, younger, not as good as him, but maybe promising um, for him. And the Warriors kind of take that younger piece with the – you have to take it with the mindset that he won't be as good as peak Andre, but he'll be better than whatever veteran you sign on a minimum when Andre retires. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you, man. It's uh, Here's the other thing, though. Um, I still think they're right in the running to make the postseason. At the end, and I think if that's the case, you're now talking about a team that's going to tank if they're going to trade Andre Godala. And I, I just don't think that they're going to do that because um, it, it'll just signal, hey, we're just going to let go this season. Um, and I bet you the other thing is that Clay Thompson's going to he's going to be back earlier, right? Because he just seems like a guy. Doesn't he just seem like a guy that's just going to come back earlier from from his injury? And he's going to push the play. And uh, they're probably yeah, Clay's not. Clay's, him, not but, Clay's not going to yeah. be the guy who wants Takes to sit the, out know, the year. Month. He's he's yeah. going to say he's good on Christmas. It's exactly what's going to happen. I completely so like and and you know he's probably not going to play till February or, or around there. But uh, I, I do think that they will push it, and uh, and I, I don't think that will allow for an Andre Godala to to um, to get traded. And and it looks like Godala probably going to retire too um, after next season. So. It's also just from a sentimental value aspect. Be nice to see him retire in a Warriors jersey, um, rather than in a in a Bucks jersey. So 
<laughs> well, you know, he can always do the one day contract with the Warriors. Let yeah, that is true. Jersey. Yeah, that is true. Um, all right. Do we have time? Why don't we talk about off season targets? Because I like that question. Okay. Um, somebody asked it. Okay. So let's go to uh, Aaron early. There's more minutes available for a vet coming in on a one year deal. Like a rental, uh, thinking light years ahead, who can we start a hashtag campaign? Uh, for that, we have no business signing. He throws out Boogie, JJ Reddick, Julius Randle. I don't know why Chris Middleton's in here. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Um, do you have anybody in mind that you would like to see the Warriors to get? I, I have some. I'm interested to see what Boogie does. I think Boogie's going to end up getting a bigger deal and not coming back. Um, but you know, if he does want to come back, I'm I'm cool with running Boogie. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, but with that said, he's you know. W- w- let me know what you're thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I would love to see Boogie back, um, especially on a team that doesn't have Clay, doesn't have KD. He's going to have all the touches that he wants, um, and it's going to be fun to watch him on offense. Uh, I would like to see some wings that can shoot. I do not care if they can play defense. I just don't care anymore. Um, so I would like to see Dion Waiters and Austin Rivers are two guys that I want to see. Two guys that. By the way, I think they're both sneaky underrated on defense. They at least try. Yeah. That, okay. They try. Okay. You sound like Bill Simmons, by the way, when you say that. Yeah. There's a sneak, sneak underrated. Um, I love that. <laughs> I was, I was, okay, let me, let, me, let me preface this. Um, <laughs> They are not um, they're not Clay Thompson or Iguodala on defense, but they are also not Quinn Cook or McKinney on defense. Uh, see, now that, <laughs> that's in the middle. No, no, hey, trying is half the battle um, on defense. And <laughs> well, you I, know, I my, my thought Quinn and McKinney tried. It was just you know, one's one's five ten, and the other is <laughs> the other can't move side to side. Um, <laughs> the other is very up, explosive. Um, up and down. north, north south. North South, yeah. Well, you know the thing about Rivers, um, and by the way, who Rivers, who who got, uh, uh, who like loves the Warriors now? I think because what his sister is engaged to some. Yeah. I, who, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Oh, they're, Seth. Okay. The, the Rivers and the Currys have put aside their differences. Yeah, and they're now Doc, they're joining. Doc loves Steph. Yeah, they're joining yeah. in one clan. <laughs> uh, First family. I, I, in the love, NBA. Uh, I love. I uh, love. I just. I like. Like if I want some excitement, I want some energy, I want some excitement, and I think that Dion Waiters. I don't think they can sign both. I just don't think the math works out. I, I, I think you, um, you and I are on the same page. I do not want to watch Steph with four dudes who don't want to shoot the ball. Yeah, it's man. like yep, that's pretty it's much kind it. of fun for five minutes, <laughs> and it gets really, it's painful after a while, and like you feel bad for everyone on the floor, and it's, it's just annoying. <laughs> Yes, I'm with you. I want to see them get um, – but we can even go lower than that. I, I wouldn't mind a little Derrick Rose. Wow. Get a little uh, – you know, he can kind of bring – it's kind of like the Steph Monte backcourt again. Oh, my God. You <laughs> or, throw Rose and Steph on, in the – Or Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin, same thing. Oh, I mean, I hope on. Jeremy's – Come on. I hope Jeremy's healthy, basically. But um, he would also be another one. Like, you and I are both on the same page, I think, where we just want to see dudes who are willing to make a play with the ball. Oh, they're going to see an Asian dude. But, yeah, sure. You know, a dude that can, you know, make a play on the ball. Jeremy Lin, you know. That, I, I think he might be washed. But, uh, you know me, I would love to see Jeremy Lin. To, uh, by the way, uh, they don't need any money, more money to go on a chase. I think most seats are probably booked already. But can you imagine Jeremy Lin in Chase Center? Um, uh, in that crowd. All of, all of Salesforce and Google cheering. <laughs> 
Facebook as well. Um, Terrence Ross, somebody threw out a Terrence Ross. That'd be fun. I just don't know how much uh, money these guys are going to get. It sounds like from what I've been reading that there's a lot of cap space out there this offseason. So, you know, these guys are probably going to get paid more than what the Warriors can allow. But, you know, maybe I I was thinking, too, maybe there are guys that— Not everyone's going to get paid. I mean, so— It's just not possible. Someone's going to fall. Yeah, they need guys maybe that can—like me, you, and uh, who are we talking to? The Warriors Outsiders crew uh, earlier today. They need some. Maybe they can steal some. Uh, make feel good guys, right? Like post draft hype guys. You know they were busts, but maybe they can come to the Warriors and kind of rehab that value, right? The Warriors can kinda offer minutes, kind of like what Derrick Rose did last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, or yeah. like or like Jeff Green a couple of years ago. Guys who kind of like we've all Jeff written Green. off, but like no one's doubting they have a certain level of talent. Yeah, yeah, they can come to the Warriors. They'll have minutes. They'll have shots. Like most guys are looking for that, and the Warriors for the first time in a long time. Are looking for guys that, you yeah, know. There's no shortage of shots to go around right now. Yep. Um, yep. Like Tyreek Evans would have been nice. <laughs> he didn't sign with the Warriors because he said he couldn't get shots. Yeah. I've so seen, that's not going to be an issue now. A couple people are mentioning Rodney Hood. Um, Rodney Hood. And okay. I don't think they can get Rodney Hood. What they need is the guy who's in the situation Rodney Hood was in a year ago, where like like you said, a post hype guy, where everyone's now down on them. Because they yeah. had like a bad year or two, they need they need that. They need the guy who comes here and um, kind of rehabs his image and you know right. reminds everyone like you know I, I had a bad year. I might not be an all star, but I you know have some talent. Like Dion Waiters is a perfect example. God, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Like Dion Waiters? Are we in alignment that Dion Waiters is the number one priority here this off season? Are we think, on Waiters Island as Simmons likes to? I think to that needs it? to be the pod title. Um, <laughs> the Dion Waiters pod. bring Dion Waiters. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet it. It's a very. Uh, what, I don't want to say depressing pod, but <laughs> I was gonna say it's a it's a dark pod where we've uh, we've uh, we've, we've gone we've on Dion Waiters. Yeah, this is what we're this is what we love now. I mean, he had the quote where you know he said. I'd rather go – I don't know if it's a real quote, but he said I'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9 because if I went 0 for 30, that means I'd never lost my confidence. I'm pretty sure it's a Kobe quote. <laughs> That's even better. That's even better. Um, are we done? It is Do actually It is actually a Kobe quote. Um, I, I'm going to pull it up before we bring on uh, Jonathan Wasserman uh, <laughs> to discuss draft prospects. Um. Darren Williams went 0 for 9. I was like, can you believe Darren Williams went 0 for 9? Kobe was like, I would go 0 for 30 before I go 0 for 9. 0 for 9 means you beat yourself. You psyched yourself out of the game. Because Darren Williams can get more shots in the game. The only reason, because you're just now lost your confidence in yourself. Oh, man. I think that is a... But, Ben... You're editing this. I need you to cut up Sam saying this and put on a clip. It, it doesn't get any better. It, it doesn't get any better. Yeah, we're in agreement. I think the Warriors' number one priority, they need to feed a lineup of Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Dion Waiters, and Monte, you know what? Bring I don't back care. Monte. Bring back, bring back Monte. Bring back Monte. Bring back Anthony Randolph. And, you know, let's just roll with those five into chase. Why not? Oh. 
What's up, Blue Wire listeners? This is Jack from the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. We recently ranked as the number one sports podcast on all of iTunes, all of Apple. We cover all things from the NBA draft, from NBA free agency. We're working on MLB this summer, as well as the NFL offseason. Catch me and my co-host Abe on the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod, a part of the wonderful Blue Wire Podcast Network. All right, now uh, what what we got? Say a final segment of the show. We've got Jonathan Wasserman at NBA Draft Was W A S S, lead NBA scout, draft writer for Bleacher Report, formerly of NBA Draft.net. Manhattan, New York. Is it 11 p.m. over there right now? Holy shit. It is. What are you just reading right off the Twitter profile? That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't did read rule number seventy six though. I didn't you know I didn't I didn't know what it was from, so I kinda like wedding crashers. Oh, wedding crashers. Come on, Andy. That's just I mean I love wedding crashers, but you know. You're also forgetting the lottery, new podcast on Blue Wire. I actually listened to your last episode with uh Cole. What is- um it was great hearing about all these prospects the Warriors have no shot at. <laughs> so, um, but Jonathan, we wanted to kind of, so obviously this is a warrior centric podcast and um, well, you're probably aware of the fact the Warriors won't have Clay Thompson for most of next year. And who knows if they'll ever have Kevin Durant again. Uh, they got a lot of holes to plug and they haven't really got much out of the draft over the last few years. Um, so I guess I guess my first question for you is like they're picking number twenty eight. Um, I guess the number one thing I think they need is like a productive wing player. Is that even a possibility at those numbers? Yeah, there is. I mean, uh, you know, how often does the number twenty eight pick ever give you anything? So I mean, I think you have to lower the bar a little bit. But yeah, there's a couple guys that stand out. Dylan Windler from Belmont. Uh, you know, on paper, I think he makes a ton of sense. To join the playoff team, Windler is a, a six-seven wing, ranked in the 99th percentile in half-court offense this year. Pretty much playing strictly off the ball as a catch and shooter and a cutter. So, I mean, if you're looking for a wing guy, he stands out. Matisse Thybul from Washington is a defensive specialist uh, who, who's a, like a good enough shooter. I think he can hold his own. Um, you know, just making. Yeah. Matisse was actually going to be the guy I wanted the Warriors to draft all year just because, like, I don't watch too much college basketball being on the West Coast. But if I do, it's it's Pac-12. And he's one of those guys who just jumps off the screen every time you watch Washington. Uh, But now I'm, like, watching the Warriors um, and, like, they're going to put out Steph Curry and four dudes who don't want to shoot the ball next year. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if I want another. I mean, because he profiles as a really good Iguodala replacement, I guess. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, he also played his own defense. It's like so tough to decide if uh, that was really what fueled his three steals and two blocks per game. And, you know, is he going to be a lockdown guy? It's tough to tell because it was so rare he was ever in one-on-one situations. And he's only 6'5". Uh, and he's, you know, he's a good athlete, but nothing special. And uh, shot 30% from three this year. You'd like as a senior for that number to be a little bit higher. But, um Really mature kid, and somebody I think at, at, if he, if he was there at number thirty, you'd feel pretty good about taking him. I mean, at sounds, number twenty-eight. Sorry, sounds like uh, sounds like Draymond Green. Although I feel like every guy that has very little athleticism and is mature is, is tabbed as the new Draymond. This is the next Draymond Green. So I guess you take <laughs> with it what you will. Yeah, if you're if you can guard multiple positions, you're Draymond Green. <laughs> So that's uh, who is this year's um, by my count this year's uh, 
Draymond Green is what was named Grant Williams. At least he he leads the uh, clubhouse in Draymond comparisons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I actually used it today in something I was writing, or at least on defense. It really does. I mean, um, he is he's got that that wide frame and he plays below the rim. So, um, I, I could totally see the comparison. Um, different personalities. Uh, what's his name? Um, Grant Williams is a lot more uh, laid back and professional. Um, not that. <laughs> Draymond, you know, <laughs> Draymond has his, his outburst. Uh, I, I'd say Grant Williams is a little more um, uh, under control and poised, but um, definitely a very good defender and a guy who I really think uh, can add value guarding bigs, switching on to wings, ball handlers. Okay, so John, I, I got a question for you about just how teams look to draft players. Do, do you have an idea of kind of what the Warriors are looking for um, I mean, outside of like, hey, we want the best player available. I'm, I'm sure certain teams like certain type of players. Um, is there a certain type that the Warriors are looking for? Because, I mean, I'm sure you've looked at who the Warriors have drafted the last couple of years. They're all trash. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of time for the Warriors to pick someone that can actually play basketball. And I'm sick and tired of looking at someone like Jacob Evans who can't even play in the G League. So what are, what are we doing here? I should, Andy, uh, we should mention the Warriors still very much believe Jacob Evans will play a role next year. I believe that I can be a superstar as well. Sam. So <laughs> I believe I'm the next Bill Simmons as well. So, you know, um, I mean, like it's, it's, you know, on paper, you know, Jordan Bell made sense on paper. It's a guy right, right. who, um, you know, put into a game and, and let him play to his strengths as an athlete, as a, as a, uh, a, a guy who runs the floor and, and crashes the glass and makes plays without needing his, his number called. And Jacob Evans also made sense on paper as kind of yeah. a do-it-all, you know, versatility guy. And he'll pass, he'll make open shots. Not a one-on-one guy, but obviously Golden State doesn't need that. So, I mean, when you're choosing guys at number 20 overall, yeah. you're, you're, you're looking for fit. And, um, and the difference between the guy who's number 28 and the guy who's number 38 in terms of talent is really not much. So uh, you look for guys, I guess, who, who can who can fit what you have on paper and hope that they actually uh, pan out and can play in the NBA. Some other teams will just literally make a list of their 30 best players, and whoever the best guy on the board is, whether he fits or not, is who they'll take. So um, I threw up the question on Twitter, and the name I got most common for the Warriors that fans wanted, and take it for what it will, Carson Edwards. Um, is he actually, cause like we all saw what he did in the tournament. Where, where do you kind of stand on him as an actual NBA prospect? Next yeah. stuff, Curry. <laughs> um, listen, he's, he's, a, he's tough. I, I go back and forth on him a lot over the years. He's six foot and he, you know, he can't pass or play make. So, um, to be a score and to be a, a blow the rim guy at six feet, you got very little margin for error, right? You, oh, you gotta wow. make, you gotta make enough jump shots, but he is. You know, as good of a shot maker as there is, which you know you saw in the NCAA tournament, and um, you know if he's going to stick, it's going to be in that that microwave scoring role off the bench where he's got a short leash. If his shot's not going in, you yank him, and if it's going in, you could put up you know 15 points in a couple minutes. Um, he's tough. Uh, you know, he's terrible inside the arc, not a very good finisher, <laughs> but but he could pull up from anywhere, and he's very confident. And once he starts, you know, catches fire. Like I said, he could rattle off a couple jumpers in a row, whether he's uh, open or whether he's tightly guarded. So he's tough. He's he's tough to uh, decide. I think that's why he's a fringe first rounder. But um, I mean, if Golden State took him at thirty, you, uh, twenty-eight, you couldn't really knock that move. Wow. So he's six feet tall, 
And I mean, presumably can't six. play defense. I will wow. say he also, he also has a six six wingspan, which is I mean a plus six wingspan a is six, really six. You said six. Yeah. Uh, wow. So he's, he's six feet and he's got an extra six inches got of it. length, which is really rare. Uh, he's also jacked. I mean, he is he is <laughs> built like a you know like a house. He he's not wow. okay. he's not a, a light kid who could get pushed around. He's got a pretty strong body for a six footer. But not a playmaker, you said though. So he's more of kind of just like a I guess not Monte because. Carson Edwards looks like he can shoot threes, but yeah, I mean that's sounds like, sounds Crawford like a type, sounds like a bigger um, Isaiah Thomas type. Yeah, yeah, sure. But even Thomas was more of a guy who can get into the lane and set the table True. for guys and kick it out. It, he's just not a passer, you know. He's he's looking for his shot. Maybe that has to do with his team uh, that he's been on. Uh, his role has always been put the ball in the basket. But uh, you could just see he's he's a guy who just locks in at the rim. You know, whether he's uh, whether he gets inside the arc to pull up or, or whether he's uh, pulling up from five feet behind it. Interesting. How about this guy that um, I've been reading? I think a couple guys on the the Warriors, the couple, a couple guys covering the Warriors have mentioned this G League player that they have, um, who seems like he's a fringe second rounder. But what's his name? Some, help me out here, Sam Smodgle or whatever. <laughs> Alan <laughs> Alan Smelly. I can I can't pronounce we'll, it. We'll the one who one plays day. for Santa Cruz. Um, I don't know. Are we stumping do you, you, Jonathan? Do we do we have an idea on that? On this I guy? mean, he I I wouldn't expect him to get drafted. He's probably oh, gonna he's be in, not going drafted at all. Oh wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he's uh, once you get into that fifty range, anybody could get picked. But uh, it's surprising that people are even bringing him up. Yeah, there, he got there was a little a few articles. There was a little <laughs> media done on him. Um, I don't know why the Warriors were <laughs> talking about him so much. If they were intent on stashing him and and not yeah. showing him at the showcase, it kind of seems counterintuitive to hide him and then you know give a bunch of quotes for some local paper pieces on him uh but but the the sentiment had been had been someone that the warrior scouts were really high on so for what it's worth jonathan did know who he was and he gave him a one sentence descriptor so i'm very (laughs) this guy's gonna be legit yeah i wouldn't waste too much time on him um, so who, who do you think, uh, who do you think, uh, if you could throw some names out, cause I, I'm not a draft guy, but a lot of the fans are, I mean, Sam threw out the, uh, the tweet and a bunch of people came out with a bunch of names. I was like, what, what is going on? So what are kind of like, you know, maybe three to four people that Warriors fans should look at or should know? Cause last year, Jacob Evans was definitely one of the guys that was brought up over and over and over again. Um, along with that, that one Duke guy, uh, that got drafted. So who, who do you think it is, is that going to be there, um, for the Warriors here? All right, Casey Akpala from Stanford is uh, he's probably a guy who's going to get looks in the twenty to thirty range. Um, six nine, face up forward. Hmm. Uh, but he's he improved a little bit as a shooter, but averaged sixteen a game this year and has that profile with the with the size and and that face up scoring ability that you know says mismatch on paper. Chuma Okiki is a guy who I love. Uh, Okiki's from Auburn. Hmm. Um, he tore his ACL in the NCAA tournament, so it'll be interesting to, to match that- him up. I was actually just about to ask you oh, that, that because that was the guy I liked most for the Warriors, and I, I was like, oh, torn ACL, who cares, you know? And then the last week of the season happened, and I'm sitting here wondering, do the Warriors really have the luxury of taking a guy that they're pretty much going to have to redshirt their first year because they're redshirting half the roster at this point? Yeah, um, I mean, it may make it may make sense if if next year they're not playing for a title. Um, to, to think maybe two years down the line. And Okiki, to me, is like the closest thing to Robert Covington I've seen in the draft in, mm. in a couple of years. 6'8", 230, over 38% from deep both both seasons, and just a really good defender who who 
really can switch on to everybody and, and be a defensive factor. So you really think I was going to ask you. So you really think he can like he's a wing in the NBA because um, I have such a hard time with the college game and everyone basically looks like a small ball four to me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but you he's, think he's like he's, a legitimate like because like Robert Covington's an elite wing defender. Yeah, and I think he could be a, a wing defender. I mean, whether he's a three or a four, I guess it depends on who he's playing with and who he's playing against. But um, I think you could really put him at either spot, particularly if if the three ball translates. Nice. Okay. Um, before we get you out of here, I guess I want to forget the Warriors picking at 28. Who is your number one sleeper for this draft? In other words, someone who's not going in the lottery, but you feel very confident about is going to be like in, in three years or five years, everyone's going to talk to them, talk about them the way they talk about Draymond or Brogdon or, you know, pick your, you know, why didn't he go higher guy? All right, Kiki was probably my pick, but I'll, I'll obviously go in a different direction. Um, <laughs> I like I like Terrence Mann from Florida State, who also should be an option for Golden State. Terrence Mann was uh, invited to the G League camp, so he, that means he was ranked in the 60 to 100 range by most teams. Played well enough to get an invite to the NBA Combine, which is the, the top 60 guys, and uh, just one of those guys who 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 uh, you know the the glue guy. Who, who I hate to use that word, but that's kind of what he is. He's he plays in between better players. He makes the right pass. He knocks down the open shot. Um, he finishes 60% around the basket, and, and he defends with toughness. So I, I think if he goes to a good team like Golden State, Terrence Mann is an option for uh, your sleeper pick. I'll, I'll bring up another guy who who's injured, uh, Jonte Porter, M- Michael Porter's brother, who tore his ACL twice within the same year. Um, but before he did that, I had him as a lottery guy, and most others had him at least as, as a first rounder, and he uh, he checks the right boxes for today's big man, six uh, eleven, shoots threes, passes, could put it down, and, and block shots. So uh, that's another guy who, if he actually can hold up physically, I think is going to be a big time value pick in this draft. And, and another guy, Terrence Davis, uh, from Old Miss, um, who, who was in the G League camp, also got moved to the NBA Combine, and I think over the last couple of weeks, really been flying up draft boards, 6'4", big-time athlete, shoots threes, plays a little pick-and-roll, and defends with toughness both backcourt spots. So I think Terrence Davis uh, from Old Miss is another sleeper in that second round. Nice. Well, before, actually, you know what? Before before you get out, I got, I got, I'm curious about one thing. Um, the Pelicans have the number one and the fourth pick now. Presumably they don't trade them for Bradley, Bradley Beal. What, why are people saying it's a three-man draft? Is that true? Is that true? Are they not going to be able to get someone? Listen, somebody somebody is going to be better than the top three guys. It's just impossible to identify yeah. who it's going to be, right? Like, how often is the top three picks ever actually the yeah. top three best players? It never happens. So I don't know who's going to be the one who disappoints people, Ja or RJ. But the problem is at number four, it's like it could be, you know, it's a crapshoot. It could be one. Mm-hmm. It could be Darius Garland. It could be Kobe White. It could be DeAndre Hunter. It could be Culver. It could be Cam Reddish. It's it's impossible Jeez. to really – nobody stands out as that obvious answer at number four, and that's why um, huh. it's, it's difficult to, to pinpoint the value of that fourth pick right now. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that all we got, Sam? I think that's it. Um, Jonathan, you got anything you want to plug before you get out of here? Uh, no. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I, got, I got – you know, I, I'm sure if you – I got mock draft obviously coming out on Wednesday if you haven't been sick of reading mock drafts. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll do some post draft analysis. Uh, but, but at this point it's just mock draft and, and post draft reactions. And I can't believe we're 
already here already. It's going to be Tuesday already. I can't believe that it's Thursday. That's when the draft is. Sam not, shocked me when he told me. Yeah, weekend. and it's it's funny because like the way the Warriors season ended with all the injuries and kind of we're, we're very aware that they're not going to be competing for a title next year uh, given all the players rehabbing. All of a sure. sudden I've seen the fan base just completely pivot to – like binging every mock draft to figure out who can play. So. Yes, yeah, time of well, the year. I will say this: this year, you know, it's not known as a strong draft, but uh, you're, you know, you're looking at the number twenty-eighth pick. I think that you can get pretty good value this year at, at number twenty-eight uh, if they make if, if they find the right guy. I think there's, I, I think you can get a guy who's probably worth like a mid-first round pick, and, and he might be there at number mm. twenty-eight. So it's definitely worth staying up to to see who they get at number 28 isn't that kind of always the deal with like bad draft is really code for i have no clue which one of these players is gonna like jump out in three years right of course i mean i i hate to say whether a draft sucks before they're actually drafted because you never know you know cj mccollum starts averaging 20 points and and steven adams becomes a hundred million dollar man you just never some of those guys you just can't predict. When we say it's a bad draft, it means right now we just can't identify who are going to be the stars. And I think that's the case this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if this draft produces a lot of role players. All right. Jonathan, thanks for coming on. Yep. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, brother. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.